0: Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son.
1: And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears.
0: We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. hey what's up you guys
1: i'm Catherine, and
0: i'm Haley, and we are saturdays for the ghouls a podcast on the pod moth network we cover all things spooky like horror movies true crime the supernatural and spooky stories in the most chaotic way possible <laughs> so join your favorite ghoul friends every saturday wherever you listen to podcasts and become a spooky babe <laughs> so spooky babes we'll see you in your nightmares
1: Well, Declan, what what are you going to tell us about today?
0: So today I'm going to be talking about serial killer Joe Metheny.
1: Oh, I don't know if I know that one.
0: See, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the picture of him, but the story is a little... It's not what a lot of people think, I think, because... I'll okay. get into it, whatever. Yes. But what are you going to be telling us to about? It.
1: Well, I'm going to be talking about a haunted hotel in Colorado. Mm. And okay. so the drink that I brought uh, for this story today is the Colorado Bulldog. And that is one ounce vodka, one ounce coffee liqueur, one ounce light cream or milk, And one to two ounces of cola to taste. The steps are to add ice.
0: Disgusting. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think it might be okay. Um, The steps are to add ice to an old fashioned glass, combine the vodka and coffee liqueur in the glass, then add the cream or milk to the glass and top with cola. So, are you ready to try this drink? I know you said you think it sounds gross.
0: So, First of all, I don't know if you've seen this, but if you pour milk into a Coke, it curdles and separates the milk into chunks. So I think you have to let uh, it sit for a while, but it's not doing it right now. But that's what happens if you leave milk into Coke for like a couple hours. It'll separate the milk and the Coke, and then you'll be left with like the syrup, the water, the all the shit and Ooh. then the milk curdles at the bottom so
1: i want to try it now this drink
0: sit for too long <laughs>
1: right well, no we're might gonna drink it faster stomach. than that you don't know <laughs> true i don't know yeah i yeah. hope not yeah. okay here we go let's try it
0: yeah. just as gross as i thought it would be
1: it's Coke not that bad and it's
0: coffee do not mix they don't mix
1: I I don't think it's that bad.
0: It might be my COVID taste. I don't like the taste of Coke ever since I got COVID, but oh, I don't know. That that shit tastes fucking rank.
1: Well, it's kind of like a white Russian, (laughs) but then you add Coke Coke. to it. (laughs) With Coke. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's fine. It's not that bad. Um, I chose this. A uh, drink just because I had seen it in doing research for one of our other stories from a couple weeks ago. It The drink came up and I was like, ooh, that sounds weird, maybe gross, but could maybe be good. So I wanted to try it. And I don't think it's gross. I think it's decent. I don't know that I would order it somewhere, but it's not terrible. It's pretty tasty. <laughs> I don't like it.
0: I hate the I taste know you of don't coffee. Like it. And for yeah. some reason, the coffee's hitting away. Maybe I should have added more Coke, but the coffee. All I taste is coffee and milk. Is kind of gross.
1: Yeah, I did two ounces of cola, of the Coke. So maybe
0: I don't know. So did I, but I think I should okay. have added more.
1: Maybe more. Okay. Well. There's actually a story that when I was researching the information about the drink, I came across a bizarre slash brutal story that actually kind of revolves around the name of the drink, which is the Colorado Bulldog. The um, Colorado Bulldog was the mascot for colorado state university in fort collins colorado back in the early 1900s and the dog's name was peanuts and everybody loved him and there is a very sad story about peanuts and that some unknown person poisoned him and it was terrible that
0: thing we had going around town like 10 years ago Where people, Um, I don't remember you specifically telling me, like, down in Klamath, they were throwing, like, dogs, like, poison food or something through the fence.
1: Yeah, I think that's happened in a lot of different places. But this one, because it was the school mascot, they think that, like, a rival school might have done it that's fucked
0: up i understand like spray painting and tagging the school or something but you don't got to kill the mascot that's
1: no jesus and this mascot like he like did cool stuff and participated in like some of the different it was a bulldog it was a little um like an english bulldog i think
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it was it it was really
0: a bulldog (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, just kidding. we're not we're poisoning any dogs. Just kidding. He's
1: joking. Declan <laughs> would never do that.
0: Yes, um, I wouldn't poison a dog, but I hate bulldogs.
1: But I was telling your dad about this story when I was researching um, for my story. And he's like, oh, you should do your whole story on the bulldog. And I was like, no. No, I'm not going to make everybody fall in love with this dog and tell this awesome story about... This great dog and all the cool stuff he did to then finish it with and somebody offed him
0: poisoned no. yeah
1: right so well, so the story made an appearance but I'm not focusing speed. on that that is not that is not the story everyone but before I get to the story that was inspired by the drink I just wanted to read a um, one of our Apple podcast reviews real quick and. If you would like to write us a review, dear listener and friend, please feel free to do it and we will try and read it on a future episode. So this one is um, from All Things Unexplained, excuse me, All Things Unexplained, and it says, Radical Concept. Listening to the Family Feud episode right now, this makes me hear the old host saying top 10 things. Listeners loved about the BB&B podcast, and there's lots of love here. From intriguing stories to a fascinating duo having a good time with you, the BB&B crew is sure to entertain and inform.
0: Oh, wow. That was a great review. Who is that from again?
1: Yeah. Um, All Things Unexplained. So, Well, thank you, All Things
0: Unexplained.
1: Yes. Very fun. So now I will get into my story. It is the Armstrong Hotel in Fort Collins, Colorado. So this all evolved from me wanting to do the drink, needing to find out what school the Bulldog was for. Ironically, the Colorado State University that was the Bulldogs is no longer the Bulldogs. They are now the Rams. After the dog was murdered, they got a new mascot, and they're now the Rams, and they have cam they the ram as their mascot. It. Yeah.
0: So now they, they like, have a, a wild ram as a mascot, or just
1: well, they I don't know that they have they an actual animal. Don't have animal. the
0: bulldog. <laughs> okay.
1: Right. So
0: Man.
1: the university is in Fort Collins, Colorado, and so I was looking up haunted places and interesting things. And there is a haunted hotel in Fort Collins, and that is the Armstrong Hotel. It is a historic location that has been the cornerstone of the city's culture and a hub for travelers. It was first opened in 1923 by Charles and Carolyn Mance, who named the hotel after Carolyn's late father, Andrew Armstrong. Her father's house had actually been at the same site of the hotel, so they just built the hotel on the same plot of land. When it first opened, it was the tallest building in town, and it quickly became a focal point for those social scenes. It had two beautiful dining halls, 41 guest rooms, and a variety of retail stores. It was advertised as being a great location to stay and hmm, try that again. It was advertised as being a great location to stay at when visiting local parks. Like there's state parks close by, so they wanted to attract people. The vibrant atmosphere attracted not only travelers, but also locals and businessmen. They were even long-term residents who lived in the hotel. Car enthusiasts were drawn to the hotel also because it has it housed the first chapter of the American Automobile Association, or AAA. I thought that was kind of cool. The
0: like hotel the AAA was... we have? Like...
1: Yeah. Yeah, like AAA. Wow. Interesting. I know. Okay. I thought that was cool. <laughs>
0: That's super weird. I didn't realize... That was a car enthusiast like, thing. I thought everyone had AAA.
1: <laughs> well, back in the day, I think it you know started it as was a car probably enthusiast more like thing like people and, have
0: nice cars and shit. Yeah,
1: okay. Right. And now it evolved into like the thing that it is now, which <laughs> is like that. give you a
0: tow anywhere. Yeah.
1: Roadside okay. assistance. I mean, that's what we use it for. The hotel was repurposed during World War II and became a barracks for the U.S. Army. As time passed, ownership of the hotel changed hands a few times, and it changed its name as well. It became the Empire Hotel for a while, and then the Mountain Empire Hotel. As the downtown area changed with the times, less people were drawn to the area and to the hotel. Sadly, the hotel started to fall into disrepair and eventually closed in 2000. But like many historic buildings, it had an inherent elegance to it and it didn't sit vacant for long. It was repurposed by an entrepreneurial couple. I shouldn't say it was repurposed. It was purchased by an entrepreneurial couple two years later. So in 2002, the new owners were the Levengers and they wanted to preserve as much of the original hotel designs as possible. They were drawn to the historic building and saw potential. Renovations started soon after with every attempt to maintain as much of the historic nature and character as possible. They even used old photographs to recreate some of the iconic touches like the neon sign and the storefronts. The wood windows were restored and the wood floors were refinished. The historic doors and transoms were also reproduced. Care was taken keeping beautiful leaded prismatic glass tiles that diffused light into the lobby and some of the stores. All of this was done to bring the history of the hotel back to life again for reopening in June of 2004. The Lovingers owned and operated the hotel for 14 years and then sold it to Crystal Creek Capital. The new owners love the hotel and are motivated to keep it a, a strong fixture in the community. The hotel did see some renewal and renovations in 2019 but attention to the history of the building was kept. Like many historic buildings, there is a layer of mystery with the Armstrong Hotel. The imaginations of guests and locals have been captured for decades as stories about ghosts and hauntings in the hotel have been reported. The hotel has gained the reputation of being one of the most haunted places in Fort Collins, Colorado. Ghostly encounters and unexplained phenomena have surrounded the hotel for years. It is rumored to be haunted by several spirits. Visitors have reported seeing the ghost of a woman who often appears wearing a top hat and overcoat, leaving a scent of lavender in her wake. Some guests report the typical haunting occurrences like footsteps in an empty hallway, flickering lights, and a creepy sensation of being watched. A common report from guests is seeing a man dressed as a bellhop with a gold accented uniform and wearing a hat. One visitor reported feeling something brush against their arm and there was nothing there.
0: So I want to know what the feeling of being watched is like. (laughs) I don't Mm. like, is that just extra anxiety maybe? Like, Maybe, Maybe you feel more anxious in that setting. Because I'm i trying to think. I don't know if a single time that I've felt like I've been being watched. Like.
1: I think it feels like just creepy crawlies on your neck. Like.
0: Okay. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. that. That's always been a weird thing in my mind. It's like, what what really is the feeling of being watched? Because I personally I can't think of a time that I felt like I was being watched but I don't Because usually if I get that weird feeling I just to look around and there's no one watching me and it's like right. okay I guess I'm just being but, weird but.
1: That's the thing maybe there is somebody watching you and you can't see them because it's a ghost
0: well Ghost's gonna meet my nine millimeter. That's
1: (laughs) I don't think that's gonna work on a ghost.
0: You're watching me right now. I swear. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's not gonna work on a ghost. Handle ghosts and people.
1: (laughs) Oh goodness. Oh man, we need to we definitely need to work on that idea. (laughs) So I have a friend who actually lives in Fort Collins, Colorado, and asked him if he knew anything about the hotel, and unfortunately, he did not, but he did tell me about another haunted location, which was an ice cream shop that he used to work at, so that that might be coming. I'm taking a guess
0: that's Sean. okay.
1: No. Sean's (laughs) down in the Bay Area, but... Um, oh. this is Tyler, so um in the future, I'm gonna uh potentially do another story from Fort Collins and about the haunted ice cream shop so okay. if anybody has any wild stories that they want to tell us about haunted places, please feel free to contact yes, please, us and
0: please do. we would
1: love to hear your stories and.
0: Or any Talk UFO encounters. If you've yes. got either one, haunted experiences or UFO encounters, please let oh, us know. Send sure. a DM or something.
1: Yes, right.
0: I don't know, maybe so we'll have about... have you have a guest on here.
1: Hmm. For sure, anybody who wants to, we're happy to hang out with you. So tell me about your story, Declan, the serial killer.
0: Okay, so it takes a weird turn at the end, but just so everybody Uh-oh. knows, it's not confirmed or not. So, okay, it's up in the air. So, okay, Joe Metheny, Joseph Metheny, was born on March 2nd, 1955, in Baltimore, Maryland, to parents Audra and Jean Metheny. His father was an alcoholic, which is. Seems like it's a coinciding theme with most of our brutal... With a lot of our
1: bad guys. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. So his father was an alcoholic and his mother was often preoccupied by two or three jobs at a time. So Joe and his five siblings were usually neglected. Like, I mean, she did her best to provide them with a normal childhood, but... It's kind of right. hard if you're a single mother, like working three jobs to like be there twenty four seven for your kids. So nope. And the neglect can- continued when his father died. When Joe was six, his father was killed in a car accident, which left his mother as his sole provider. His parents would often send Joe uh, to live with his relatives, and when time, sorry, his parents would often send Joe and his siblings to live with their relatives while times got tough. So if his mom was scrapping for money or something, she'd send the kids off to grandma or whatever. While his home life might have experienced turmoil, Joe was an exceptional exceptional student. When Joe turned 18, he joined the army, which is, I feel like if you're a impoverished kid, that's that's one of your number one ways to get out of that is Joining in the military because you get a bunch of benefits yeah. and stuff like yeah. that.
1: Steady paycheck. He
0: primarily served... Yeah, exactly. He primarily served in Germany. Well, I don't... Apparently, they get paid, like, shit money if you enlist. Like, if you're an officer, well, you get a lot more money, but if oh, you enlist... Oh, for sure, then, for
1: sure. But you yeah. walk in and they go, yes, you can, you can work here and we're going to give you a paycheck. I mean, they're going to do... True. You know, it's, it's not anybody, the easy, Like
0: as long as you pass yeah, the test, <laughs> like, pretty
1: much. You know,
0: yeah. Because I, mean, I have it's a hard. buddy in uh, military, and he said that the pay is less than what I get, and I work very cheap. No way. So,
1: <laughs> Are you yeah. for real?
0: Yeah. Holy when he, cow! When he, first enlisted, he was getting like, like chump change. It was kind of rough.
1: Wow. Though.
0: So, uh. When Joe turned 18, he joined the army and primarily served in Germany and claimed that he served in Vietnam. However, Vietnam War was ended by this point. So it was. Oh, that was like the first of his wild claims. Yes, you'll see more okay. wild claims in the future of this story. But that was the first of like the you you served in Vietnam. Okay. So, All right. uh, while he was serving in the military, he did become addicted to heroin at this time. So, this would begin okay. his descent into madness, I guess you could call it. He served about three years before uh, leaving and becoming homeless. Joel, Joe rolled with a group of several transient men in South Baltimore. And I'd like to say, I don't know the correct term, the PC term for homeless anymore. So I'm going to go with Christ. transient. But. Okay. He lived with It'll a group of transient tomorrow. men in South Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he spent a lot of his time at bars and they spent all his money on drugs. So typical transient activity, I guess. Uh, in mm-hmm. the early 90s, he got a job at a, f- a pallet factory in baltimore driving forklifts so we got a job and uh the job also provided him with a small trailer on the property so he had the keys to the gate to get into the factory and he lived on the property so he had like basically the whole property to himself yeah yeah
1: i know who you're talking (laughs) about now okay
0: his co-workers described him as polite and intelligent However, what they didn't know about Joe is that he had killed 39-year-old Kathy Ann Magaziner and buried her body on the premises of the factory that he worked at. Because he had the keys, and it, it was a big factory along a, a line of woods behind it, so plenty of places to hide a body. Oh. Only a year later, Joe found himself in a murder trial for killing Randall Brewer and Randy Piker with an axe at a homeless tent city campsite underneath Baltimore's Hanover Street Bridge.
1: Ooh. So, okay.
0: He had killed these two men, but there was insufficient evidence to uh, convict him at these trials. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there was insufficient evidence. A little over a year after his trial, Joe had struck again, and this time killing Lynn Spicer by stabbing her multiple times with a knife. There wasn't much details on this, but he found her, uh, I believe he robbed her and then stabbed her after robbing her. He hid her body inside the factory and continued on with his killings. Only a month after killing Spicer, he invited Rhea Kemper to his trailer to do drugs together. And uh, he had an affinity for prostitutes, which a lot of our serial killers that we talk about have. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Or sex workers. Sorry, not prostitutes. But so after they got high, Joe tried to force himself on Kemper. However, she rejected his advances and ran out of the trailer. Joe followed her, and when he caught up with her, he attacked her and drug her back to the trailer, where he tried to assault her and kill her. She claimed that Joe said, I'm going to kill you and bury you in the woods with the other girls. Oh. However, she managed to get out from under him and free uh, free herself through the window. She contacted police nearby and was saved from being another victim. Since Kemper had gotten away, Joe became nervous of the law, and uh, he tried to contact a friend for a favor. The favor was to help him bury and hide Spicer's body in the woods near the factory. (laughs) His friend took this information to the police. Joe was arrested the same day, and so was his boss for aiding in the murders. They were at a Christmas party together? Yep they were at a Christmas party together and when they were leaving, they were both got arrested at the exact same time.
1: (laughs) Wow. The boss was helping him, huh?
0: I don't think the boss was really helping him. I I think, Oh, like inadvertently helping him try and cover up the murder is like, Oh, okay. Cause the boss never got charged, but he was arrested. So, okay. Joe participated with the police and led them to several shallow graves. One of which was Magaziner, who was just bones at this point because she had been murdered two years prior to the arrest. So she had fully decomposed, and she was just bones at this point. Yeah. Police were able to uh, to match her dental records with the remains. So. They knew that it was Magaziner because of her dental gotcha. records. Okay. While only two bodies had been discovered, Joe confessed to a total of ten murders.
1: Wow. Yes.
0: I'm assuming two of which were the, the transient men
1: oh, that he got yeah, earlier. Hatcheted.
0: So, in total, four that they knew about and six that okay. they didn't know about. His first trial was related to the Kemper's case, which he was given a, a sentence of 50 years for kidnapping and attempted sexual assault. He was acquitted wow. of attempting to murder Hurley. So oh. all he got was the attempted assault and the uh, And
1: that got him uh, 50 years. Kidnapping. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's but this wasn't the good. first
0: of his trials. So right. a year later, he was tried in the murder of Spicer which he was given the death penalty. That same year, he was given a life sentence for the robbing and and killing of Magaziner. So he got two sentences for Magaziner. Okay. During his long string of trials, Joe had claimed that he would butcher his victims and sell them at a meat stand he ran along with pork and roast beef. And he labeled the victim's meat as special meat. Oh,
1: <laughs> no.
0: But however, there was no evidence to actually say that this happened and I'm assuming that this is one of his oh, I fought in Vietnam stories, stories like.
1: Oh god, we yeah, can cause... only hope. Yeah, we can it, only
0: hope. If you lived in Baltimore in the 70s, you may Potentially, there. I'd say there's a fifty percent chance you ate a human being, but oh, I don't know. It, but who is oh. stopping at a stand on the side of the road to buy meat? I'm not. I don't do that shit. I, I don't even.
1: Food I trucks. barely
0: trust meat from the grocery store. I know, no, but maybe he, it was food he had trucks. A stand. No, he claimed that he had a stand selling meat. Oh. so it was like a a butcher shop on the road.
1: Oh, okay. Much. Well, I will say that a couple of weeks ago, your dad sent me um, a thing on Facebook from a butcher shop and it was saying, you know, oh, he he goes, hey, there's a new butcher shop in town. And and it was in the parking lot of a store and it was like a little cart that they were selling. And he, he goes, I'm yeah, but not... we did not stop and eat there or buy any of the meat there because they were advertising, I think it was eight ribeyes for $50 or something like that. Uh, There's no way. I mean, eight ribeyes. That, that A normal ribeye costs you 20 bucks.
0: They got that meat from somewhere that they weren't allowed to sell meat at the grocery store from. Like, <laughs>
1: I don't know. But we drove I, into I'm the parking right lot. Now, and
0: the parking lot I'm was packed. With meat. No. I'm not buying meat from a parking lot. I'm buying it from the store no. that I'm parking at. Yes. But I'm not buying it exactly. from the parking lot. No. But to be fair, in Corvallis, there is a... Uh, I don't know what to really call it. It's like it's like a fisherman who goes because Corvallis is about an hour from
1: mm-hmm.
0: Corvallis is about an hour from the coast. So right. we have someone who they they're on highway 34 and they own like a refurbished school bus and they sell like fresh caught fish out of the school bus. And mm-hmm. apparently it's sure. really good fish, but I've never stopped to check. My, no,
1: I'm not. My homie
0: tells me it's really good, but I'm not going to test it out. I, I get food poisoning nope. too easily, so.
1: Yeah, you and me both, man. I'm good. It's not going to happen.
0: I'll buy that shit from the store. It's all right. Right. So Yuck. Joe claimed in trial that he had sold human meat at a meat stand, but there was no evidence. So I think that's like a weird claim that he had. But a happy ending to the story. In 2017, Joe was found deceased in his prison cell due to health complications because he was a big fat guy. They didn't say whether it was heart attack or not. And I'm assuming for prisoners with life that they don't really check. They just throw him in a fucking. Well, they <laughs> have to check out on act with a number on it.
1: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it depends on if they I, have a family that wants to claim them.
0: Well, I did a lot of research, and there was no information on what he died from. It just said that mm. in 2017 he died in his prison yeah. cell, and that it was most likely due to health complications because he was an, he was uh, critically obese. He was a big fat okay. guy. And if you look up pictures of him, you'll see the. If you look up Joe Metheny, there's a very famous picture. Of him wearing like a bowling shirt, like a button-up silky shirt thing, and he's a huge man. He was six one and like oh, looking at his yeah. picture, probably six one and yeah. three hundred pounds, but not muscle. Oh, like <laughs>
1: easy, I would say maybe like was a, closer to four. He was
0: a big fat man, but yeah, yeah. He died in his prison cell due to health complications. So. I don't know. Ooh, he got the instance that he was he just so happened to avoid.
1: Yeah. Wow. He was
0: given he was given a death penalty, but in 2000 he had it revoked, or not revoked, but uh okay. changed or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, so he was, while he was originally given the death penalty, he was currently serving uh life with no parole
1: life so okay yeah wow and he
0: claimed to have murdered 10 people but
1: but they only got him a lot on of four. claims
0: so it's hard to uh well they originally only got him on two they couldn't try him because of a oh, double right
1: no oh, what's double that jeopardy on the
0: Double Jeopardy, yeah, because he was already acquitted of the transient men, so they couldn't really try him on that. But he did claim them as some of his murders when he did confess, because he did confess to the police. But
1: I wonder about these killers that confess to these murders that, you know, I mean, they know for sure that he had bodies in his woods and they know for sure that he was linked to two of those women why is i don't understand why they confess to so many and they're like well okay you got me on these two but i'm going to tell you that i did more i just don't get that well, i mean i i know it goes into the whole like psychosis of them being serial killers to begin with and they often want to have the praise of that they had you know high numbers and all of that but i'm not admitting to shit ever no it wasn't me
0: well so i think he he had a since he was an addict like he so he explained that uh killing people gave him a high in one of his trials he had said that yeah. the only reason he had killed them is because he got a high from killing them and from what I know about addicts is they like to brag about their highs or whatever, so wow. I think he was bragging I mean, I'm sure he's killed multiple people, obviously he has because he was mm-hmm. tried and like charged Evicted with the murders, that. but I don't know if he killed all ten people because it just. I don't know a lot of those things seem obviously I mean the transients they're give or take but I believe he did that and then yeah it's just too hard to tell like there's yeah there's so much stuff because this guy was obviously like he would he was a pathological liar if right if he admitted to all this shit and like I don't know. Yeah, I'm getting How, many ahead of, of myself, how much of this lies? Yeah. 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 So I originally I was looking for a different serial killer for this story, but I couldn't Oh. I, I clicked on this guy and I started writing the story and realized that it wasn't the one I was thinking of. So oh.
1: there potentially
0: may be another cannibal serial killer in the future.
1: Okay. You should do that in November for Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> okay I, I don't do i don't like holidays well we so had know. we
1: had cannibalism last year for thanksgiving i think it's a good trend i mean it, oh, the world was that, isn't short of cannibal stories Allah. no Is that, the that was the donner party
0: remember oh, i did the donner right.
1: party for thanksgiving okay. last year because <laughs> we're sick and twisted okay that was a, that
0: was a pretty funny one yeah well yeah. if he <laughs> our followers better like tw- sick and twisted stuff they listen to that's us that's true.
1: But that's that's a good let's point. move
0: on to the chasers before we yes yes just talk too much about this creepy keep
1: spiraling guy. all right do you have a chaser for what us chase today oh my i'm going first go okay first. Yep. My Chaser is the Degenerates show on Netflix. Uh, it's it's like a compilation of stand-up comedians, and they do like 20, 30-minute oh. shows.
0: Oh, is it like a, like a season, and they have a comedian for each episode? Like one yeah. comedian? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: And uh, specifically the one um i haven't I seen mark all of Norman them oh, and okay. i haven't seen mark normand yet we've watched about six or seven of them and some of them are really good and we've skipped over some of them but the one that i thought um that we started the whole series with was jim norton and oh he's I, fucking yeah he had a joke about uh comparing documentaries of serial killers and comedians and that documentaries make serial killers seem so intelligent and so smart and like they've got all this charisma and everything and he was comparing it to uh the Ted Bundy documentaries and how they make him sound so you know amazing and intelligent and He he was joking how if serial killers use a line, comedians, if they use that same line, they would get canceled. But because they're serial killers in a documentary, then they have like cool status and stuff. So it was just really funny. It was a good show. And I just liked the whole tie in with the serial killers and documentaries. And I thought it would be a fun chaser to mention for our show. So I highly recommend it. Go watch it. The Degenerates on Netflix. What's so your chaser? my
0: chaser is a multi-part watching. So oh. it, yes. So Netflix recently came out with uh, a series of short story movie. I don't even know if you can call it a movie because they're they're about seventeen minutes long. But hmm. Netflix just came out with them. They're. Based on stories written by Ronald Dahl, I don't know who that author is, but they, Netflix made like a four-part, I wouldn't say four-part because they're listed under different things, but they'd take short stories written by uh, Ronald Dahl and then they'd make them into 17-minute stories. like. What's the show called? Well, it's not a show, that's a thing. They're each oh. listed under movies, but they're only 17-minute movies based on each story. And so, like, they're, they're filmed in, I want to say, Anderson West style. Like, where it's full frame, like, not moving the camera a lot. I, I don't know how to describe hmm. it, really. But they're super interesting. There's uh, one that I watched called The Rat Catcher. And I kept seeing them on my all like when you when you go to the new part of Netflix, like where they have the new editions or whatever, it's mm-hmm. they have each single one listed under there in like the top ten. Oh. And so I started watching one of them called The Rat Catcher and it was pretty interesting. And it's like a it, it's filmed really, really well, but it's a super short a movie, I guess you could call it. So it's pretty interesting, interesting. to watch. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for the Because each story is completely we'll different, but they're filmed really well, and there's multiple of them. I think... Let me see. The, there's the Rat Catcher, the Poison, uh, the Swan, and there's one other one, if I remember right. But I believe there's four of them. I, would, I watched the first one, and it was really good. So the other four are probably good, if I remember right. They're filmed super weird, though, so I'd recommend taking a little bit of edibles if you're in a legal state, but...
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: If you're not in a legal state, then take them anyways. Just find a plug, but...
1: <laughs> then we're sorry. We're sorry you don't leave, live in a legal state.
0: All right. Well, that that should just about wrap this
1: I believe so. Long
0: chaser in that section. Like 10 no minutes worries. chaser, but that's all right.
1: Nothing wrong with that. It's
0: our show. We do what we want. That's
1: the that's right. It's the feel good part because we
0: yes.
1: brought you down with stories about serial killers who sell human meat on the roadside.
0: <laughs> hey, he was never confirmed nor denied it. That's so. true.
1: Allegedly.
0: You never sold. know. Sold. I don't Although, know. Can you say
1: allegedly if he. Admitted to it, maybe it's like, I don't know how you would determine how you would state that. But either way, I think
0: if that guy admitted that he was in the Vietnam War when he wasn't, then
1: yeah, that's it's true. probably
0: fucking some shit. Yeah, I don't know. All right,
1: well, All right. nice chatting well, with you guys. Thanks for bud.
0: listening, everybody.
1: Yeah, thanks, yes, everybody. So it was nice chatting with you too. Love you. And thank you
0: to that great Apple review. That was a really good one.
1: Yeah. That was awesome.
0: Yes. Or was it Apple or was it Spotify? It was Apple. Okay. All right. Love you, Mom.
1: Love you. Hey, friends. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place.
0: You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you. And if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.